But yeah, it's good to be here this morning. Good to be able to just share. And I wanted to share on part two of what I spoke on about three weeks ago. Um, so anyway, I was up north a couple of weeks ago, and I just shared, it was quite interesting just to you know, share with the Kaitaia guys a little bit about who I was. And I know people see me up here on stage, but a lot of people don't realize who I am behind the scenes. It was quite cool for them just to get an idea of who I was and start to see things in a different light. So the way they saw me before definitely changed after I shared a little bit about my background and how I became or how I ended up on the stage or doing what I'm doing here today. And I think one of the things that came out from that, that talk was the moment that really just defined and changed the way I saw my future was I was in Hamilton and I just left school and I shot down there and went to a, went to a party just for the youth parents. It was a good party. I do tell the kids it's a good party. And so I went to this party and I met up with this guy there and somehow we, we were total opposites, completely different people. And as we just got to know each other, we just really felt like God had just drawn us to each other for a reason. And we ended up just talking a bit, spending a bit of time together and we just really felt that God was calling us to go and put aside a night a week to just seek his face and get interested in a relationship with him more than anything else. And so we set aside this night of our lives Every week, no matter what, we always put it aside and we went out and we just spent time in the car and we began to just pray and seek God's face and just look for intimate moments of just hanging out with God and getting to know his personality. And I, I always say, I don't think it's a coincidence that both of us ended up in full-time ministry. The two of us that got together and just seek God's face and our direction in life completely ended up changing. I don't know where that will lead us in the future, but I'm kind of certain that if I can keep my eyes on God, and if I can keep spending time in His presence, that He will lead the way. And so this morning, I'm going to carry on from what I talked about last week, or the other week, and I talked about Joshua, uh, Jeremiah, and can you remember? Moses. And I looked at these three men who did amazing things for God, and each of their lives completely changed when they had an encounter with their king. Each of them, when they had an encounter with God, everything changed. The way they firstly saw themselves was the first thing that changed. God always spoke into them and began to change who they saw themselves as. The second thing that changed was the way they saw their circumstances and their now. See, when God speaks to us and when God spends time in our presence, we realize that He is in all things. He is in our circumstances. He is in our now. And all of a sudden, we see things differently, and our focus begins to change, and we see our circumstances completely different. And these guys began to see their now differently. And out of that came their future. Out of that became an amazing future with God as they began to get God's heart for their life and where they're destined to go. So this morning, I want to look at the last part. If you guys can't read the last part, I had some people, interesting enough, tell me, oh, I can't read the last part. There's supposed to be a reason for that. Okay, it's supposed to be like an eye test, just, just to clarify with some of you who guys are struggling with this. Okay, there, there's a little thought behind it. But here's the last part, is when you realize who you are in Christ, when you realize who you are in Christ, then, and then, It creates unstoppable momentum in that direction. That when you find out who you are in Christ and you see yourself the way Christ sees you, then 
It will create unstoppable momentum in that direction. See, that direction and that focus will become God's direction. It will become God's heart. It will become the things of God. It will become love. It will become, in the end, people. See, when we realize who we are in God, it changes our focus towards the outside. Uh, this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, a passage from John 21, and I want to jump into this and get a few ideas and a few thoughts from this this morning. Um, interesting enough, I, was, I had this on my, I probably had this on my desk two weeks ago, and, and who, does anyone know what Don spoke on last week? Yeah, so we all know what happened. And, and so, but to be honest, I was actually, I'm going to get massive bonus points for this. I'm going to promote the app, because I actually downloaded the app this week, so I remember saying something about it the other week, and I was like, oh, I better get this app down, and I better put this app on my phone, because people were talking about it, and I haven't even got the app yet. And so I put it on the thing, and I was like, started going through it, and I was like, Whangarei, and I was like, oh, you can get sermons on this. And so I thought, I wonder what Don spoke on. And I clicked it, and it had the title. And I was like, oh, no, that's what I'm speaking on. <laughs> so anyway, that's how it happened. So I'm in a good place with the brownie points for just promoting the app right there. But this morning, I want to start and just pick out a few things. And I'll just read it. You'll see in the background there is a picture of the Sea of Galilee. And you'll, you'll, you'll note some stuff later on. I'll come back and I'll draw it back into that. But it's beautiful, beautiful lake. And you'll find out a little bit more about it later on. If you have your Bibles, it's 21 verse 1. We'll start there. And after these things, Jesus showed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And he showed himself in this way, gathered there together with Simon Peter. Thomas called the twin Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples, Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but his disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord whom Simon, is the Lord whom, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, interesting, and jumped into the boat, into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. For they were not far from the land and only a hundred meters yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. Simon Peter went abroad and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. I think we'll we'll just stop there. We'll jump back into it in a, in a second. But the first thing that I think we need to just pull from this and just have a quick look at is the fact that Simon is called Peter. It carries on. You hear passages where it's Simon Peter, 
And it's a reminder of what happens when we come into God's presence. When we truly seek God's face and spend time in his presence, we see a different view of ourselves. We begin to see ourselves the way God sees us. And so for Simon, he comes in to meet God and he comes to know him and God sees him as something different to what he sees himself as. And it says that God changed his name to Peter, the rock of the early church, because God saw him as something different to what he saw himself as. And it's such a reminder that we must always continually seek God's face to continually be reminded of who we actually are in him. Not who we think we are, but who he sees us as. So for Simon Peter, it's also interesting that some people will say like that Jesus called him Simon a few times throughout the word. Called him by his, his first name, his original name, and don't quote me on this, but people will say that sometimes it's because Peter acted like his old self. That he was still in transition to becoming who God had called him to be. And therefore, he needed, he was just sometimes called Simon because he was acting like his old self. Not that you guys are ever acting like your old selves these days, but sometimes it slips in, okay? And it's just that reminder that we just need to continually seek his face. The second thing that comes out of there is Peter says, I'm going fishing. Nothing wrong with going fishing, don't get me wrong on this passage. But the reason Peter went fishing is because he had lost sight of Jesus. He had lost sight of who he was. And when he lost sight of Jesus, he resorted to going back to his old life. He was lost at this time, didn't know where Jesus was, and therefore his life began to slip back into who he originally was. You see, when we lose sight of Christ... When we think we don't need this relationship so much anymore, we don't need to seek his face for encounters anymore. Without realizing it, we can slip back into our old patterns of life. And we can lose sight of where God is actually taking us and the focus and the reinventing that he's wanting to do with the way we see our future. The third thing that comes into play is I love this little part that when they were being out fishing, they were going out and doing what they thought they needed to do for life. And when they get to the shore, there Jesus is, set a cold fire in front of them and breakfast prepared for them. It's this amazing thought that, hey, God is in the little things. That God sees the now in your lives. That whatever you're going through, God will take care of the small things. When God sets our eyes on to his future and his things, so often, especially me, first thing I think about is, how's this going to line up? How's that going to work? What about this? How's That's not going to work. Who's going to look after that if I start putting my time into this and that and this and that? And I'm continually reminded and challenged for myself is that man... God's got the small things sorted. He was on the beach already waiting. He has the small stuff sorted. If we can get a hold of what he has for our life and begin to just say, hey, cool. Yes, Lord, I will walk 
in the path that you have set before me, knowing in faith that you will take care of the small things. The fourth thing that I really want to talk about this morning is that we were created for outflow. As human beings, we are created for outflow, and it's no different when it comes to the things of God. See, when God gets a hold of our lives and when we're meeting with Him and He just adjusts the way we see and the way we view things, I'm a fan of the fact that when He changes ourselves and the way we see us, then our focus will always change off ourselves into an outflow for others. We will jump back into, I think it's 15, verse 15, if you have it there. 21, John 21, verse 15. And it says here, it says, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. Second time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He says to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And at this stage, Peter begins to feel hurt. Because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And Peter replied and said to him, Lord, you know everything. Come on, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I'm um, I'm going to just skip off a little bit. I hope I'm not going to lead you astray in your theology right here. But I'm, I'm curious at this passage. And I'm interested in one thing that here Peter is getting a little bit frustrated with Jesus. And I'm just going to suggest, but please don't listen to anything I say, okay? Because this next part, okay, just, this is just me in a tangent. Is this next part is Jesus is just asking Peter this question of, do you love me? And I'm wondering if Jesus is actually a little bit cheeky. I wonder if Jesus has got a little bit of a, a, little bit of a rub it in kind of a personality here. And if you guys will think back, you'll remember that Jesus and Peter, probably one of the last times they spoke, Jesus said to him, hey, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's, in, in his own way, was just like, you have no idea, Jesus. There's no way I will deny you. I will die before I deny you. And we all know what happens. So these two here had had a little bit of a battle going on, and, and Peter said, no, nah, there's no way I'll deny you. And Jesus was like, mm, you're going to deny me. And so they had a little bit of a competition going. And you see that down the track, there is a setting where Jesus denied Christ three times. And it is in front of a coal fire. The same setting that Jesus has just prepared right now for these three questions of, do you love me? And so I'm wondering if Peter's getting a little bit frustrated because he's like, dang it. You've asked me three times, you've just reminded me that you were right, that you know everything. And he's kind of like, I wonder if Jesus is kind of like, 
the reason he's doing this is just rubbing it in. And so I was thinking this morning, I was like, man, it's not my personality to rub things in. Like, um, just keep it quiet, keep it down low. But I heard there was some, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to be more like Jesus. You guys are always telling me I've got to work on it. And so you guys, I heard a few weeks ago that Don had a big go about this golf thing, that it wasn't counted or something. And if I was, if I was Jesus, but I wouldn't do this, but if I was Jesus, I would probably rub it in a little bit more. And I would have a comeback to it. And so I heard the story was that if it's nine holes, it doesn't count as real golf. But as Jesus would say, I'm kind of just like, well, don't hate the game, hate the rule maker. And who do you think made the rules? Okay, so I think, in my opinion, that I won that golf fair and swear. Not my problem if he couldn't walk around 18 and he only wanted to do nine. <laughs> so here I am, that's not my personality. I would never say that kind of stuff, and that's why I've never done anything. <laughs> but yeah, I would never do that. So, But I'm actually... I think Jesus is probably doing a little bit more than just being cheeky there. And in this passage, it wasn't so much to rub it in his face, but it was to remind Peter that, hey, if you love me, there should be an outworking of it. If you love me, it's more than just words. It's so much more than words that there should be actions to the fact that you love me. And he says this to him three times and follows it on. You see, if you love me, keep my commandments, John 14, verse 15. And in Matthew 22, 37, 40, he says to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is an outworking of the love that we have for God. If you love me, feed my lambs. If you love me, tend my sheep. And if you love me, feed my sheep. Jesus is reminding Peter that, hey, you weren't supposed to just go back out fishing. You weren't supposed to fall back into your old routines but out of that relationship that comes when you find me and you have a relationship with me, out should come out workings of love beyond yourself and you should move into the things that God's called you into. See, out of this relationship, there needs to be some fruit. Go, Peter, and love my people. Out of a relationship with God, comes the outflow. You see, Jesus has a passion for the things of God and has a passion for outflow. And you see, in John 4, verse 31, it says, During this time, his followers are saying to him, Teacher, eat something. He says, I have food to eat that you do not know. The followers said to each other, Has someone taken food to him? And Jesus says, My food is to do what God wants me to do to finish his work. In other words, this is what satisfies my soul, is to outwork what God has done in my life and to push it out into others. To do the will of God is actually a satisfying thing. We sometimes look at it as like, oh, it's hard work. 
count me out of that. But it's like, hey, Jesus is saying, this is actually food to my soul. This is what gets me going every day. This is what feeds my life. It's to go and do the will of the Father. There's something about outflow. There's something about giving to others that actually feeds you. It's the outflow that brings goodness. I want to jump to the Sea of Galilee now. If you could chuck on that picture. Beautiful. The name's a little bit deceiving because it's actually a lake. All right, but we will call it the Sea of Galilee. And anyway, this is a beautiful place. It is full of so many nutrients. Um, They say that you could probably tell by the passage of where we just talked about and Peter and them chucked their net over to the right-hand side. I think it was 153 fish that they caught. So you see that this place is just full of fish, and it is just vibrant with all this kind of stuff. They say that there's 24 species of fish in that place. It's a few. They also say that it is full of plant life, that it has plant life in it, has plant life all around it, and it is a thriving, beautiful place, the Sea of Galilee. If you were to take the Jordan River south from the Sea of Galilee, you come to what they say is the Dead Sea. Now, that that name is a little bit more relational to it, but it is also a lake, but it is also dead. Okay? So the Dead Sea is fed by the same source. The Dead Sea is fed by the Jordan River, but yet it is dead. It has all these nutrients and so forth in it, but yet life cannot survive and grow in it. It's an interesting thought that these two places both have the same inflow, but yet one is full of life and full of vibrance and creating and doing so much, and the other one is dead. And yet the only difference is that one The Sea of Galilee has an outflow. The other does not. We were created for inflow. We were created for relationship with the Father. We were created to just seek His face and get to know Him. But we're also created for outflow. It's been cool. We've got... um, Probably sister here, Tash and, and Holly and Cole here up from Hamilton visiting at the moment. And they're into, um, they know heaps about nutrition and natural living and health. And it's cool that they're trying to help with my old body and give me keys to fixing it and um, all that kind of stuff. But I love it. And they know so much about it. But if you were to speak to someone who knows all about nutrition, it doesn't matter how much nutrition you put into your body. If you don't have an outflow, It'll never work the way it was supposed to. I didn't say anything, but you guys were thinking about it. Yeah, you guys can think about that a little bit more if you want. But we were created for outflow. There's no denying it. It's part of nature and part of humans and part of our spiritual walk with God. John chapter 7, Jesus said, It says here, he shouted, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. 7 verse 37, 7 verse 38 in John. He that believeth in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly 
shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus is the inflow. Jesus is the source that out of this relationship that we should constantly be seeking, that it says here, it says, anyone who believes in him as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That out of our lives should flow the nutrients and the goodness that God's been pouring into us. It should never just stay. It should always move on. There must always be an outflow in our lives. I'm a, I'm a fan of the fact that we need inflow. And I'm not telling you and I'm not trying to preach to you this morning and say, hey, you guys all need to get off your, your butts and go out and do something. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Because I know that there's times in our lives where we just need to seek God's face and there's times especially where we need to stop. And we need inflow more than we have to give outflow. And it's periods, and you guys got to figure out where you're at. It's a balance. But I'm saying that eventually there should be a result of the love and the nutrients that you are being fed as you seek God's face and you are in inflow from Him and constantly in His presence. There should always be a switch of our mindset and the way we see things to move off ourselves and onto others. I wonder if I could just grab the music team. That would be awesome. Thanks, guys. But it's all about getting this balance right. And I've emphasized this morning so much, again, of the fact that we need the inflow. I know I spoke about it four weeks ago, but it's a massive part that we need to keep reminding ourselves is that relationship with God is so what it's about. That no, I don't care how much you know or how religious you are or how into the word you are, you still need that relationship, that constant seeking God's face for allowing Him to change our view and the way we see everything. We still need that no matter where we are or who we are in life. And when we get these nutrients... There should be a result. If you love me, go. If you love me, what is the result of this relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? See, this morning, I'm not, I'm not trying to condemn or challenge you guys too much, but I'm talking about myself right now. Is that, like, I get caught up and I know for a, Instance, I go into town or something and you, and you, you go out for a coffee and you, you're sitting there and maybe sometimes you, it's just an example, but maybe you sit down and someone comes to serve you and you notice that they're crying. And sometimes without realizing, you think, oh, that's not very good service. They shouldn't be here if they've got issues going on in their life. But without realizing it, Sometimes we can be so inward focus rather than outward focus. That when we're walking through the streets, we're thinking, oh man, I wonder, young people especially, I wonder what 
those guys or those people are thinking about me? Am I looking good today? Are people thinking the right things that they should be thinking about me? Man, I wonder if we should be switching our view of things and thinking, man, I wonder how that person's going. I wonder how life's going in that person's life. It's taking that view off ourselves and putting that view on the king. And when we put our view on the king, he puts our view and refocuses it onto others. Because this is the heart of our Father. This is the heart of Jesus Christ. Therefore, when we seek his face, our vision, our focus always changes and our momentum will begin to lead in the way of others. See, this morning, you may not even know Jesus Christ. You may actually be here and you're not interested in it. And that's okay. But can I tell you that even if you are not interested in this, that your life will benefit from having an outflow. That it's a proven thing that if you have an outflow, you will find more purpose and satisfaction in life if you have an outflow. But church, we are so lucky that we have an inflow. We have Jesus Christ as our living water. We have this amazing inflow and I would hate for us to not be using it. John 4 verse 14, But so whoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Man, we are so blessed to have this God as a relationship for inflow, for the nutrients and the goodness that we need for life. But this morning, I want to just, I want to just reiterate on that. I hope and I pray that no one here is missing out on the inflow. That we're just getting caught up in life and we're just doing things that we forget so much is about the inflow. It's this time with God in His presence. And then when we get that right, out of that becomes the outflow of life and where we're heading in our direction. If we could just close our eyes, that would be, be so good. Thank you, guys. I'm just going to pray. Father, we just, we thank you for what you are speaking to us this morning in this place. Lord, the challenge that you have placed on my life especially, and I, and I guarantee it's happening in other people's life. But Lord, that you've created us for inflow, for these nutrients in your relationship, God, that we need to set our eyes on you. And then, Father, when we have this inflow, Father, you create an outflow, God. You change our direction, our path, and our future in the eyes of what you have for our life. And this morning, God, I just pray that every person in this place, Lord, would just, out of this challenge or out of this word, Father, that they would seek your face more than they ever have, Lord, that out of this response would be people, a generation of people that are interested in relationship with you. 
God, and as they seek their face, Lord, allow them to see who you say they are. And out of that, God, I pray that they would see life the way you see it, that they would see the outflow, the people that you have put them in contact with and in life with. I'm going to just ask this question this morning, and I think it's always good to do this. But if you are here this morning and we've been talking about the inflow and seeking God's face and you may not have a relationship with God or you've stopped that part of your life and you are here this morning and you want to say, hey, yeah, man, I I need to get this inflow going again. I need to get the nutrients for life. I need to refocus where I'm going and refocus on how I see myself. If you are in that boat this morning, no one's looking around. I want to just ask if you could just raise your hand if you were in that this morning. If there's anyone here that just needs to re, just realign their nutrients with you, with God again. I see that hand. Thank you. Is there anyone else here this morning that is in that place and you just need to get things right and just say, yeah, I need to refocus. Thank you at the back there. Is there anyone else this morning as I quickly just move on? Thank you. Thank you over here as well. Hey, this morning, I think it's be so cool if we could just just pray for you guys, if we could all just stand. And this morning, you may also just be challenged with the, this idea of outflow. That everything I've spoken about this morning should all draw us into what? Greater relationship with our Father. I'm not in any way trying to push you or condemn you, but just say, hey, let's go for God more. Let's seek His face more than we ever have. Allow Him to change our focus and our views and our direction in life. As we just sing, I want to ask if those people could make their way up in there. There's a prayer team here as well that would just love to just stand by you and just, just pray with you. And also this morning, if you just want to, if you just, for whatever reason, you just feel like you just need to come up the front and just see God's face again and just spend time in His presence, then please do. That's what it's here for. It's for us to meet with God and just spend time in His presence. There's no religious thing about it. It's just like, man, let's focus on what's important. If you are here and we begin to sing the song, please, if you feel like that, just come forward. And if you want to just spend time with God in your seats, please do. Allow this time and this moment just to be about God.